Welcome to the house of the Lord. God is awesome. Amen. With a capital A. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. It's 4th of July weekend. Amen. I know that we are celebrating freedom. <laughs> How many got freedom in the Lord? Amen. We, we spoke earlier today and when, when our leadership huddled today, we said, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. So welcome to the house of the Lord. Welcome, family of faith. We are in a series that I believe is going to bless your life. And if you just came open, listen, I, look, I'm going to share some stuff today. And if your heart is open, you're going to walk out of this place possessing the power of God. If you'll just let your heart be open, let the, let the Word of God just come to your heart. Be pliable, be movable. Whatever is said today, I pray you see it under the light of the Word of the Lord. Because you know we're going to get into the Scriptures. We're going to hear what God has to say. Let's let the Lord move. Amen. I want you to walk in ability and power. Amen. So we're going to get into some, some good studies. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. You know where we're at today. This is the series Made in the Shade. Amen. And I pray that, that you are uh, taking the time to uh, uh, apply yourself to the learning, to the Scriptures. And you know, Psalms 91 is a psalm for those who have made a secret place. And how many know last week we talked about that secret place belongs to you. Uh, you are the one who comes to the Lord in that hour, in that time uh, where you can get alone with the Lord. How many did they know it's important that you get alone with God secretly? The Father says, Jesus says, that, that, that the Father which seeth in secret, Father which seeth in secret, right? This is the secret place, right? That when you come out of that secret place, He's going to reward you openly. And how many know that that open, that, that reward in the open is the victory that we're after? Amen. I want victory in my Christian life. And I know you do too. And so we're getting into these components today. And so we're in Psalms 91. And if you have your Bible, we'll read. I'm going to read through verse 4. And I know that you're going to be blessed by this because we're going to get into some conversations today. We're going to start getting into a little bit of the meat of the psalm. And I pray that, that maybe as, the, as uh, the, the week begins to progress, that you'll commit Psalms 91 to, to memory. You should know all of Psalms 91. It's only 16 verses. Some of y'all know the entire Rapper's Delight. Old school. How many know Rapper's Delight? Raise your hand if you know what Rapper's Delight is. Now what you hear is not a test. Rap to the beat. How many know that? Rappers are like, put your hand in your That's old school. Well, we got like six. But, you know, we could sing the whole song. You, you know song after song after song after song. You could sing stuff on the radio, and you turn on your little favorite station. And then I say, do you know Psalms 91? You're looking around like, I'm supposed to know that? Yeah, you're supposed to know that. Psalms 91, you're supposed to memorize the Scripture. How many know that if you get this in your spirit, when you get into your prayer closet, you can recite this back to the Father? Right, so let's. We're going to get into Psalms 91. I'm going to read through verse four. I'm going to start at verse one because this is this is a series called entitled "Made in the Shade." This is a, a series of Psalms 91, and I want you to possess this as a personal possession in the Lord. So look what it says. Verse Psalms 91:1. Last week we had that first message. 9:1:1. Here we go. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What does it say? And I will say, now if you've got a pen, will you underline that? And I will say of the Lord. Yeah. And it's so important that you have that underlined because you're supposed to be saying something. Right? You're supposed to be saying something. He says, and I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I, yeah. Now, 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 notice this next statement. Surely, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. You see that? Verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shall thy trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Y'all get that? Y'all got that? Surely. He shall deliver you. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Y'all ready to get into this? Man, I'm telling you, if you open up your heart today, 
you will be transformed under the word of the Lord. Are y'all ready to get with me? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for the opportunity of, Father, coming underneath your word, beneath your word, that your word would saturate our hearts, that from this word we're going to leave here with the doing of your word, not just hearing it, but doing it. And we're going to go out from, from this place, out of this spiritual greenhouse, into a home, into a workplace, into an environment, into a situation, into a necessity. And we're going to be armed with the power of the kingdom of heaven. Holy Spirit, move and stir our hearts as only you can do that. Holy Spirit, we can't attain to a thing unless you bring this full circle. Bring, Massage it down deep into my heart, into my mind, into the recesses of my heart that I may yield back into the kingdom a hundred times that which was sown. We pray to be fruitful in every way, shape, and form. Father, bless the family of faith. Bless the people of God. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So this is what I need you to do. I want you to go find somebody. Find two or three people and tell them, say what you mean and mean what you say. Go find somebody. Say, say what you mean and mean what you say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. We love you, my brother. God bless you, brother. We love you. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say what you mean and mean what you say. commence this message, amen. Part two of the series, Made in the Shade. Ah, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. It's good to see the family faith walking around, greeting each other and hugging each other and smiling, loving each other, giving a kiss and embrace. Amen. The church is a powerful thing. Let it work for you, let it work for you. Let it work for you. I want to share with you a passage of Scripture out of the book of Revelation. How many, how many read the book of Revelation? Do you know that there's a, a special blessing for those that read the book of Revelation? Double portion. Come on, somebody. I, I love the book of Revelation. How, how many have ever heard this? I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Oh, that's beautiful. How, how many know the verse where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open that door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. How many know that's amazing? How many have heard this before? Revelation 12, 11. This, this is something I want you to think about this week. Because in this message, say what you mean and mean what you say. There's content in this verse. This is what it says. Revelation 12, 11. This is the overcoming verse. And they overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb, watch this, and by the word of their testimony. Think, think, think about overcoming. Think about overcoming. I, I want this to be in your spirit, church family, that you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer in the name of Jesus. And I want you to hear the expression of the beloved John, the revelator, tell you how that's done. It's done because you believe the blood of Jesus provided for you the ability of the kingdom, the power of God, the provision of the Lord. How many believe that the blood of Jesus gave to you a provision? Right? You don't think so? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. Somebody say hallelujah. There's a lot of power in the blood. You know, I grew up in a time when people got sick, we pled the blood. We believed in the blood. We believed the blood provided whatever we needed from heaven. 
And I just believe there's a lot of believers today. Listen, we can't just think about it. We've got to speak it, right? So the Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by believing in the provision of the blood, and by the very word of our own testimonies. So the question is, what you've been saying lately? What, what declaration of our faith have we been declaring over whatever's going on in life? I don't know what's happening in your world. My question is, do you have a testimony to fit the problem you're going through? Is there something that you're deriving out of the Scripture, something you're saying on God's behalf concerning the thing you're going through? And friend, you got to say what you mean and mean what you say. You've got to begin to say things and speak things into that place and into that area because God has given you the authority to declare it. How many of you know you have the authority to declare it, right? That even Paul said, listen, we don't got to go to heaven to get it. We don't got to go down to hell to get it. The word is nigh thee, even on thy lips, the word of faith which we profess. Amen. We've got a word. We've got a testimony. So important that you understand that you've got a testimony. I look around and I see a lot of people and I've seen God's deliverance in your lives. I've seen God do things for you and move in you on, on your behalf at your bequest because you asked God because you believe that Jesus could do it. Somebody say amen. How many today believe that God is able? I believe that my God is exceedingly, abundantly able, more to do, more, even more than I could even imagine. My God is able. Will you shout out loud and say God is able? Look at your neighbor and say God is able. Give your neighbor a high five and say God is able. I don't know what you're going through, but my God's able. I don't know what the problem is, but my God is able. I don't know what you've been struggling with, but my God is able. And God is waiting for you to overcome him, right? You overcome the enemy by the blood and by your testimony. And I think there's a lot of us that we just stop declaring. There's a lot of people been very quiet about what God can do. Let me say it one more time. There's a lot of people that have been very quiet about what God can do. How many did they know that some of you think the enemy has the upper hand? Some of us give more publicity to the enemy than we do to God. We give more publicity to the enemy than we do with God. You have something to say about it. You, you have a declaration that God is building up in you that I pray today, when you walk out of here today, I pray that you have a declaration on your lips that my God is, my God is able. Yeah, 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 yeah. Notice what the psalmist says. Notice, now I don't know if this is David, I'm going to talk about it. Psalms 90 is probably the oldest psalm in the Bible. We don't know if David wrote Psalms 91 or Moses wrote it. But you can hear it, right? You can hear it. How many know that David would say things like this? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Let, let me say it again for somebody, because that's a testimony. I want you to hear the position that David's in. David is saying, surely. <laughs> you ain't got it yet. David is saying, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He's giving you a testimony. He's sharing with you a disposition that he has in God. Surely. I mean, why would you think any differently? I mean, surely. I mean, of a certain, I'm confident that God is going to produce his goodness in my life. Anybody got a situation going on? You're, you're struggling with something and you don't know what to say about it? Why don't you make a declaration? Surely. Surely the goodness of God. Surely his hand is going to prevail with me. So notice what he says. No, no, notice how, notice how this, this transitions, right? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide where? Under the shadow of the Almighty. Now watch this. Watch and I will say of the Lord. See, see listen, friends. Listen, you, you got to see what the psalmist is telling you. He says, listen, and I will say it. This is not something you're going to keep secret. This is something you're going to say. You're going to declare a testimony. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and He is my fortress. He is my God and I'm going to trust in Him. Ah, oh, somebody. You can give the Lord a clap off him right there, baby, because that's what the Scriptures are doing. We've got to be able to say it. You've got to be able to say it. 
Listen to David. In fact, open your Bible, Psalms 46. I'll, I'll quote some of this to you. Notice what David says. My God is my refuge. My God is my refuge. And he says, watch this, and my strength. You know what he says? A very present help in trouble. And you know what David says? He says, I will not fear. Watch this. Though the earth be removed. I, I want you to see, listen, friend, this is, not, this is greater than a testimony. This is his disposition. I'm not going to be afraid. Though the earth be removed and the mountains what, be shaken, be moved, be cast into the sea. I mean, that sounds like a sci-fi movie. That the earth is dissolving and mountains are being cast into the sea. David says, I'm not afraid. You know why? Because God's with me. He's going to deliver me. He's my refuge. He's my elevated high place. Listen, think about all the things that are shaking the world. Do you, you know right now the enemy is working in the world through fear? I, I can say with you, I can say uh, most certainly fear is running rampant all across our city. It's everywhere. And it's dominating people's minds. And it's keeping people from thinking clearly in a time where we need the, the, the greatest clarity of thought. And in particular, clarity of thought towards God. So David says, I will say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God in whom I trust. Oh, church. Check this out. Check this out. Y'all know Isaiah 40? I'll throw a little bit at you. Anybody heard this before? They that wait. <laughs> Anybody heard this before? They that wait upon the Lord. What does the Bible say? He shall renew what? Their strength. Though, what does it mean to wait on God? It, it means you're waiting on God to show up to prove himself to be God. That, that, that you have given the problem over to God, that God may demonstrate himself, that you're not trying to solve it. You don't got your hands in it. You're letting God be God. You're letting God be the protector. You're letting God be the source. You're letting God be the strength. You're saying, if I'm going to wait on God, I'm not going to fix it. Some of you need to get your hands off the things you're trying to work on. Because I'm here to tell you, what you're dealing with is not natural. What you're dealing with is spiritual. I'm just waiting on God. And the Bible says that those that wait upon the Lord, you'll renew your strength. You know what the Bible says? You're going to mount up with wings as eagles. Let, 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 me, let me say that. You, you don't, I guess you don't like that part. He says, you're going to mount up with the wings as eagles. Do, do you know how important it is to get an aerial view of the thing you're suffering through? Do, do you know how important it is to get an elevated view of the problem? Do, do, you, do you know how much more you could see if you just got a little taller? You know, I've heard people say, you'll never be as tall as to bow on your knees and pray. What's the purpose of having perspective? What's the purpose of being able to see a little further down the road? God is saying, I'm going to give you wings. And I'm going to have you fly. Are y'all hearing that? Is it, does that ring a bell to anybody? Does anybody want that? I mean, you ought to be saying glory to God. Listen, he's going to give you wings as eagles. You're going to run and not be weary? You're going to walk and never be fatigued or tired under the duress? Come on, somebody. I just, I just want you to see how important that is. That God is going to give you aerial perspective. He's going to give you a heavenly point of view. And I perceive that today above all. That's what you need most in your life. You need to see the thing the way God sees it. We look at your neighbor and say, you need to see it the way God sees it. 
Because the way you've been seeing it, you've got all kinds of stress and heartache and heartburn and problems, you can't sleep, all these things are going on. If you saw it the way God saw it, you would already be rejoicing in the Lord. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, he's my fortress, my God in him will I trust. You know why? Surely. You know why? Somebody say surely. surely. Uh, look at your neighbor and say surely. surely. I don't know what you came in here with, but surely. I don't know what your problem is, but surely. I don't know what you're struggling with, but surely. I don't know what's going on in your world, but surely he's going to deliver you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to deliver you. Watch this. From the snare of the fowler. M most people don't understand just how intuitive that verse is. Because the snare of the fowler is a very specific snare. Because the, the snare of the fowler is a bird catcher. In fact, I was going to maybe title the message bird catcher. But I said, well, I'll just leave it. Say what you mean and mean what you say. The fowler's catching birds. You know, those that wait upon the Lord. The ones with wings, that's what he's trying to catch. He's trying to keep you from your elevated state. The snailer, the, the, the fowler is trying to ensnare the bird, the thing that's meant to fly. Y'all got to get that, man. Y'all got to hear that. He's trying to trap you from getting a perspective of God. He's trying to keep you from seeing it the way God sees it. It's, isn't this the very work of the enemy when he, when he shoots fiery darts at you? What is a dart there to prove? It's trying to cause you to doubt God. It's hitting your shield of faith because he's trying to keep you from seeing the reality of who God is. If you ever saw God for what God says he is and how God said who or how he would perform in whatever given state of mind, you would be in such joy and in such rest and in such liberty in the kingdom of heaven if you ever saw God as he is. And he's trying to keep that image from being developed in you. He's a, he's a fowler, the snare of the fowler. He's trying to trap you. And you know what's interesting? He's got a special trap for you. Special trap. Because you don't catch all birds the same way. Special trap. Now what traps me won't trap you. And what's trapping you won't trap me. But he's very specific on how he's trying to trap you. And he's working, and it's manipulative, and, and he's adaptive to try to catch you. And in fact, could I suggest to you that some of you have already been trapped? Let me say it one more time because you didn't catch it. Some of you are already trapped. Some of you are hoping. How many have ever prayed the Lord's Prayer? How many know the Lord's Prayer? I, I love reciting the Lord's Prayer. You know the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And what? And you better pray that. You better pray that. You, you better pray that prayer. Because I'm here to tell you that there's warfare in the kingdom of God. And the enemy knows exactly what you like. He knows exactly what makes you tick. He's been watching you. You, you know, Peter describes him like a little kitty cat at your door, right? No, he describes him as a lion seeking who he may devour. And he knows all your little pet peeves. He knows all the things that make you irritated and agitated. 
He knows all the areas that you haven't put before God and settled the matter before the Lord. He knows the things you're dealing with. You don't think he's trying to set you up? You don't think the hordes of hell and the enemies of hell are trying to find a place to trip you up, to ensnare you? And there's all sorts of vices under the sun, my friends. You know what the psalmist says? Surely. Do, do, you know, do you know that when I pray that prayer, when we say, lead me not. Man, man do you, you, you don't even know the times that God took you another way just to keep you from temptation. You, you, you can't even add it up, man, the times that God put something in your path or a delay or a thing and kept you from falling into something. How the enemy was plotting against you and working against you. You didn't even know the plan of the enemy because you haven't even been praying enough to know what the enemy's doing. But God said, I'm going to take you another way. I'm going to deliver you out of the hand of, that, of, that, of the snare of the fowler. Come on, somebody. Somebody say hallelujah. You don't even know the half of what God's delivered you from. You don't even know the things that God has kept from you because he's gracious. The psalmist writes, surely... He's going to deliver me from the trick, from the scheme, from the snare of the fowler. Yes, oh, man. Is that not a word for somebody? Is that not a, something you can celebrate? Is that something you can say? Is that not a testimony that maybe we could declare? That we could say, listen, my God's kept me. My God has me. He's been protecting me. My God's been helping me. He's been with me. He's never left me. He's been moving me through this thing. I haven't come this far by myself. So important that the church understands that. Because, man, when you have a testimony, you've got to say what you mean. If you have a testimony... You got to say what you mean, and you got to mean what you say. Brothers and sisters, listen, I'm, I'm here to tell you, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot happening that I've got to have that disposition right now before trouble comes. Will you tap your name and say, trouble's coming your way? You're not going to avoid it. Jesus said, in this world, you'll suffer tribulation. It's going to happen to you. He said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I, I, how many have ever heard this verse? In fact, when you open your Bibles, Philippians 4, how many have heard this verse before? Everybody's heard this. Everybody in Christianity knows this verse. If you don't know this verse, then you got saved yesterday. I, I, I'll quote it for you. Everybody knows Philippians 4.13. Everybody knows that. You, you grew up knowing that probably day one in your Christian faith. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You believe that? You believe that? I mean, no, no, no. no. Because you got to say what you mean and mean what you say. You believe that? Do, do you believe that you can do all things through Christ who is strengthening you? You believe that? You believe that? What you going through, then apply it there. But, but notice the context. You and your Bibles, I want you to hear the context, right? I, I want you to go to Philippians 4.11 because this is what Paul says. Not that I speak in respect to want, but I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, no matter what's happening, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be content in God. Think about all the things right now making you frown. You're not walking it out. You're not walking it out. Paul says this, I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound. He goes, I am instructed everywhere and in all things, both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. He says, no matter what the state is, my God's able. My God's able. My God's able. Let, let, let me say it again because I don't think you're catching it. We're in the greenhouse today. Everything's functioning. Everything, you're in church. But I want you to be able to say that when you're out there dealing with an issue to say, I know my God is able. It's a disposition. You've got to say what you mean and mean what you say. You know, the enemy is just trying to cloud your faith with just a little bit of doubt. 
David is saying, surely. Did, did you hear what I just said? David is saying, surely. David is saying, surely. Think about what David is saying. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble. He goes, and even, he goes, I will not fear, even if the earth is dissolving and mountains are being cast into the sea, I am not moved. That is somebody who says what they mean and mean what they say. And you've got to say it when you're going through your trouble. And friend, if you can't say it right in the midst of your trouble, if you can't say it then, then you don't possess it. Nor do you have a testimony yet. You know what a testimony means? That wherever I am, God's going to be true. That whatever I'm going through, whatever my situation is, my God's going to be faithful. Oh, you got to get it. You got to get it. Touch your neighbor and say, you need your testimony, baby. So important you get that. You, you, you know, I've told you that I don't know if this was actually written by Moses. I believe there's parts of this that, that speak of David. I believe there's parts of this that speak of Moses because the Bible says that surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Watch this. And from the noisome pestilence. Does anybody know pestilence better than Moses? Does anybody know pestilence better than Moses? Or better yet, noisome pestilence. You know, the kind of pestilence that talks. We just had that visit us in 2020. The kind of pestilence that gets publicity. Oh, y'all got, I'm going somewhere, baby. Just hold tight. We just went through that. The, the, the kind of pestilence that every time you turned on the TV, they were telling you it's at your door. And people were terrified of it. People were terrified of what? Of COVID, a, a, a plague, a pestilence, a disease. People were terrified. And it was getting publicity, and that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants publicity to trouble. He wants you to be fearful. He wants to torment you with that. But what was, what was the psalmist saying? Surely, surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowl and from the noisome pestilence. And anybody that was in their prayer closet, anybody that believed in the word, you weren't afraid of COVID, whether you got it or not. And in fact, I told First Lady, when I got it, I said, I'm glad I got it because I'm going to show the people that I'm going to walk right through this pestilence. God's going to deliver me. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pet. Surely, surely he's going to do it. It was nothing but a thing to me. Because I'm not walking in fear. What does David say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Am I talking to somebody? Brother and sister, that's a testimony. That's when you put your feet down and say what you mean and mean what you say. My God is with me. Will you give your neighbor a high five and say, God is with you, baby. God's with you. You, 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 know, you know what I, you know, I got to go fast. You, you, you know why I love the plagues? You know why I love the plagues? This is why I love the plagues. These plagues were spoken. This is an arbitrary. These are plagues that are spoken. You, you know the story, right? Moses, when he went before Pharaoh and systematically dismantled the religion of the, of the Egyptians. Do you think that God was sending plagues just arbitrarily? Or do you think that when God sent a plague, he was dealing with the gods of Egypt? Because there's only one God. Let me say it to somebody. There's only one God. Let me say it one more time. There's only one God. And his name is not Allah. There's only one God in heaven. And I know his first name. And he knows mine. Because God knows me and I know him. Oh, y'all got to get this. I'm talking to somebody. 
I want you to hear it, that systematically a noisome pestilence was being spoken out of the mouth of the servant of God. You, 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 want, you, want, well, you want me to do it? You want me to take you through the plagues? I know them. And you should too. Y'all remember when, when God said, I want you to put your staff. Well, you remember the beginning with, you know, put your staff, it'll turn into a snake. Y'all remember all this? And the magicians, they kind of, they're magicians of Pharaoh, kind of mimic the same thing. And, and, and so God said, take your staff and touch it to the river now, and I'm going to turn it to blood. I heard some people the day on, on, on trying to talk through it say, well, what it really was was algae. I said, no, it was blood. That God put red algae in the water. So no, 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 uh-uh. Do you know that not only the river turned to blood, but the streams that poured into it turned to blood? The ponds turned to blood. Water reservoirs turned to blood. The Bible says that every vessel in the house of the Egyptians, whether it was in stone or wood, turned to blood. When God means business, he means business. And when he sent Moses in there, he says, I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my firstborn son go. Because if you don't, I'm going to show you my power. One week... One week, God set frogs out of that water. You know, you, you know the Egyptians, I don't know if you've ever studied some of the, open your encyclopedia. Go, y'all don't, we don't have encyclopedias no more, that's old school. Go to Google, man. And, 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 and God sent frogs up because they had a goddess, a frog goddess. Hacka, the frog goddess. Uh, this is how babies were born because the, 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 the goddess, the frog goddess made us productive. So God said, oh, you want productivity? He sent frogs out of there by the millions. The Bible says they were in their homes, in their food, in their stuff. And then instantly God killed them. And they had to pile up those frogs. And they said, all of Egypt stunk. God systematically dealing with the gods of Egypt. Noisome pestilence. You, you know, touch the dust. The dust became lice. Call the flies. The flies swarmed over. You, you, you know these stories. The cattle began to die. The, how many know that when the Egyptians, you know, they taught the nation of Israel what it is to make a, you know, a cow goddess? Hakuk, the cow goddess. Or Hathor, pardon me. The cow goddess. How many know that when Israel was in the, in the wilderness, they too built the calf? It's all part of the foreign religions, right? This, the, 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 this paganism that they learned from Egypt. This is noisome pestilence. One by one, God's showing you how powerful he is and what he does. Now remember what's happening. This noisome pestilence is being spoken, but the people in Goshen are protected Y'all remember these stories, right? The, the, the fiery hail. The, 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 the wind that brought in the locusts that consumed all of what was left from the hailstorms. Do you remember the story of darkness? The plague of darkness. Somebody say darkness. I read years ago that the prophet Josephus wrote that the children of Israel in Goshen would literally go to the border of Egypt and stick their hands into darkness. Yeah, let me catch it. They said it hung like a veil. Right. Darkness. That you could literally walk up to the pestilence and stick your hand into darkness. Do you know that they couldn't even light a candle? That the Bible says that the Egyptians were in their houses and all they could do was sit and wait until darkness was lifted? I'm talking about the power of God. That never once touched the children of Israel. I'm talking about the power of God that never touched the children of Israel. Need I talk to you about Passover? Think about what I'm saying. That Moses went and spoke the noisome pestilence, but it never came near him. A thousand would fall at his side, 10,000 at his right hand, but it never came near him. 
I'm talking about the power and protection of God. Brothers and sisters, can you hear that? And how did it get there? They put that blood. You could almost send an angel. Very specific one. The angel of death. And wherever I don't see that blood, wherever that blood is not posted, wherever there's no atoning quality, it's going to take life. We know it's the firstborn. What happened? Can you imagine being in Israel and hearing a noisome pestilence to see the death angel swoop out of heaven and begin to devour a city and crying and weeping and lamenting all in Egypt except it's not coming towards you. That you'd see it with your own eyes but it wouldn't come nigh unto you. Oh, you'll get to see it. You'll get to watch it. But guess what? It's not coming your way because your God is your protector. Somebody say hallelujah. Your God is your protector. How many believe you've got divine protection? I believe I've got divine protection. It doesn't mean I won't trip and fall. It doesn't mean I won't get sick. But when I do, I've got somebody who's going to deliver me. Look at your neighbor and say, you got divine protection. You've got divine protection. Oh, that the people of God would say what they mean and mean what they say. Oh, that the people of God would say what they mean and mean what they say. I'm not, I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about when the doctor sees you on Tuesday. I'm talking about when all hell is busting loose and you say, my God is able. Yeah. Ah, i got to stop. Can I read you a little passage? I've memorized this one too, but I'll read it. You want me to read it to you? As it is written, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. You see, we're like that bird that's being trapped. Why are y'all looking at me like, you don't know what verse I'm reading? <laughs> Nay, and all... Thank you, Pastor John. Nay, and all what? We are more than conquerors. Well, what we may, some of y'all might be saying is, is nay, in some things. But the truth of the testimony says, nay, in all these things, we are more than. You see, this is a disposition. This is a disposition, brothers and sisters. This is a disposition. I'm praying today that you will say what you mean and mean what you say. Either he is or he is not. And I believe my God is faithful. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded. Are y'all hearing this? Like I'm just trying to read it slow because I think we read things too fast. See, David is saying, surely... Are you there in your Christian walk today? Are you the kind of person that when you're going through, you could say, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You ever have somebody call you and say, listen, I, I got some bad news. Say, say it. Say whatever you want to say, because surely. You ever somebody say, well, what do you want first, the good news or the bad news? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days. I'm talking about a true biblical disposition that you could say, Surely. Either I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you're with me. My God is my refuge and my strength, my very present help in the time of trouble. I will not fear. This is a testimony. Somebody say testimony. Listen, brothers and sisters, do you have that? Do you bear that mark? Do, do, do you have that testimony living on the inside of you where you can say what you mean and mean what you say? 
The next time you get somebody called you to the doctor's office or you see one of your kids suffering and there's something going on, are you trembling or are you saying, surely, surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me right here, right now. I got a call last night from, I won't tell you who it was, but they were going through some physical need. And I said, surely. So what are you fearful for? Why are you afraid? Where's your testimony? Listen, brothers and sisters, if you're going to wait till you get in trouble to get one, you're too late. Jesus said you got to work while it's still daytime, while there's still light out, because darkness will come. And no man works in the darkness. You, you've got to get your, you got to get your testimony right now. Either God did it or he didn't do it. Or God doesn't mean what he says and you could just discount him. But I believe my God means what he says. And he says what he means. And I believe I can trust God. Somebody say hallelujah. Man, that's the word. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, <laughs> Y'all got to get that. No angels, no prince. You know what he's talking about? Warfare. Because not every angel is a good angel. How many know some angels are demons? We call them that, but they're just fallen angels. How many do they know that, they, that Lucifer himself can masquerade as an angel of light? He can look like the son of righteousness, but he's still the devil. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. For I am persuaded neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. No height, nor depth, whether I'm full or hungry, whether I've ascended or whether I've fallen. No height, nor depth. Oh, man nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of Christ, from the love of God through Christ Jesus. Listen, brothers and sisters, you got to have that disposition. And this is what the psalmist is teaching us. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Let me say it again. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. No, I'm going to say it again. I will say of the Lord. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God and him will I trust. I want to say it again for somebody. I will say of the Lord. I'm going to say it of him. He's my fortress. He's my help. He's my deliverer. He's my protector. No matter what's coming, no matter what's going to happen, though the earth be dissolved and the mountains be cast into the sea, I will not fear. Somebody say amen. Look, stand to your feet. i got to stop. It's already late. I've already gone too far. Stand to your feet. Come on, somebody. Stand to your feet. You, 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 I want you to get your testimony this morning. I want you to say what you mean and mean what you say. I want you to put your trust in the Lord. Will you do that? Come on, let's do it together. Come on, let's do it together. Everybody in the house, everybody in the house, put your trust in the Lord. Look, there's a secret place being formed. Watch. The Bible says that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What's the secret place? It's what you made it. The secret place belongs with you and God, but only you can make it. It's the place where you and God have come into such communion where everything in your life is coming under his auspice under his umbrella, under his shelter. Parent, let me give you a wisdom. You better put your children there right now. 
Parents, let me give you a wisdom. This is, this is godly wisdom. Bring your children under the umbrella and shelter of the Most High. Mom and Dad, I'm here to tell you, it's going to be an hour where you won't be able to help them, but God will. There's going to be an hour where there's going to be a shortcoming in your life, but God is able. Bring it all in. Wife, bring your husband there before you lose your patience and your cool. Before you say things that you shouldn't say or do things that you shouldn't be doing. Husband, bring your wife underneath, the sh underneath that shelter, under the umbrella of God. Tell the Lord. Tell the Lord what's going on right now. Tell him. You got to worry. Maybe there's a future thing that's been troubling your mind. Give it to God this morning. Talk to him about the personal things in your life. Listen, friends, brothers and sisters, have you gotten personal with God? What in your world is not underneath his covering? What have you not presented before God? Brothers and sisters, can I tell you, everything in my life is under his wings. I've brought it all there. And you got to be thankful because guess what? I brought you with me. I pray for every elder, every marriage, every person, every child at this church. And I bring them underneath that umbrella. Because I know as a shepherd, I won't be able to meet every need. I'm not supposed to meet the need. I'm supposed to point you back to God. Wasn't this the ministry of Jesus? To point you back to the Father? That's my ministry too. I want you to know God. Brother and sister, listen, bring it all together. Come on. You got something broken? Give it to God. His expertise is restoration. Are you, are you a captive to something? Are you addicted to something? Bring it to God. Are you in some strait, some difficulty? Bring it to God. Brother and sister, create that secret place. Tell him. Are you afraid? Tell him. Tell him, Father, I'm afraid. Let him know. Bring it to God. Speak to him. Talk to him. You know what he promises? If you'll come and make a secret place with me, I'll put you in the shade. I'll put you in the shadow of the Almighty. Under my shadow, under, under my protection. And then you know what you're supposed to say in response to that? It's exactly what the revelator taught us. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of his testimony, your testimony, our personal testimony. 